Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to the 24th episode. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... Holy shit, what day of the week is it? Because uh, <laughs> there is zero, and I mean zero, chance that Andrea and I were sitting on the couch just relaxing, coasting towards bedtime, and she's like, huh, I got an email. And it was Kenny's invite to the meeting where we, we use a Google Meet to talk to each other while we each record on our own side. And it's like, oh shit, it's recording day. So with that said, we're going to jump right into it. I don't know if... Andrea has Patreon all pulled up or not. No, we had someone, I think we've had a couple of people that have bumped their contributions again. We also have a poll on our Patreon right now. You can dance on it. Oh, wait, not that kind of poll. Never mind. If you are a Patreon member, you can vote on what merchandise we will start with. I mean, we eventually want to do lots of different, not lots, but several different types of JRA show merchandise, but you get to vote on Patreon for which one you want to happen first. So if you're a member, you can join for as little as $3 a month. You can be a part of that. All right. We're going to go top down. So we did have someone move from $10 per month to 20 That is Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. We oh. very much appreciate that. And, and I don't know if it's going to show in that list. That's how I wanted to say that first. Got it. Okay. So we're going to go top down. I need the scroller because oh, Andrea yeah. and there I he can't. Is right there, like Andrea and I can't. Second, second name down. So affordable trail solutions. Anthony Brady. We're going to talk about Brady tonight. Mike. Six pack outdoors. Troy. They're at twenty dollars a month, and then at ten dollars a month we have Aaron, Alec, Bill, Brad, Evan, Garrett, Gordon, Jake, Jamie, Jeff. Josephine Exotic, Josh, Lead Out Sports, Lucy Stool, Michael, good old Ben from Mountain Bike Radio, Nick Parker, A, Phil, Scott, Taylor, Ty, The Real Matthew, Will, and that wraps it up. You got to pick a random, not $10? No, we're going to keep moving forward tonight. Okay. Tonight is all about <laughs> forwards progression. All um, right. I did say we were going to talk about Brady, and I have an email that came to me directly from the Bradyest of Howls, so I'm going to pull that up. Did we talk about helium in your tires? Yeah, we did. Oh. Was that the email? Yeah, that was the email. Then, um, Well, real quickly, what have you guys been up to? Someone mm, else talk. I, I have not been doing anything exciting, I don't think. Maybe something will come to me, but no. <laughs> it's very cold and snowy. I think I might drive down south this weekend, so maybe I'll have something cool to talk about. Yeah, I think I'm going to go somewhere southerly in the next month. I don't know when. I, I get this really cool thing called PTO now that I never had before, and uh, I'm going to use some of it. Oh, at um, gosh, I had a listener and I, we exchanged some Instagram messages, and I'm never going to find it in time to talk about it right now, but there's another podcast that's really funny called the stuff they don't want you to know and they have a fake company that they always use and it's like illumination unlimited global or something like that and uh i was gonna say in um, fun personal news i i got a promotion this week but we'll leave it at that <laughs> and then that was pretty cool i rode my trainer some 
I what else have I done? I rode the trainer. Yeah. I mean, I I know we what we ski. did today, but I was gonna save that for last. Uh, okay. I rode the trainer some. I ordered a Maxus Aspen two point four wide trail. Talked with super fan Jake. Don't be yawning over there. Talked with super fan Jake, and was like, "Hey, two four recon race versus two four Aspen. What's your favorite?" And he's like, "The recon race is really good. I haven't tried the Aspen." And he talks about how he like totally rallied it. Oh, and Jake is probably the coolest dude I know. One, he has a Nissan Frontier, so he's in the mini truck club. And then two, he was like, Santa Cruz doesn't have any blurs, so I'll just buy Juliana Wilder, because who cares? So he bought a purple Wilder, and it's awesome. Um, That is a cool-looking bike. Yeah. Uh, But it's just like so awesome that Jake was like, who gives a shit? They just painted it different. I'll take one. But he's like, yeah, I rallied lower Longhorn on my Wilder, and it did not care at like 24 PSI. And I'm like, yeah, that's the tire I need. And um, I'm in this really unique position where I don't have great access to parts because I'm like a remote employee. So there's like double shipping on everything. Where I'm going is, is I just buy tires and shit from like Amazon now because by the time you pay shipping twice, it's $3 more on well, Amazon. It's not always that either. Like some, some things we can get from the local bike shop. Sometimes, and- yeah. But yeah, other times it's like, well, it's out of stock in every distributor, but this, you know, two people on Amazon are selling it at retail. So you might as well just buy it there, you know, like pay the extra few bucks. Well, yeah. And I guess the other point too is I don't live in town anymore. So, you know, like if I wanted a tire and it wasn't in stock, I'd have to like call and get it special order. Like if it was in stock at a distributor, I could have them order it for me, but then I'd have to like drive to town and get it. And then it, it's just not the same as like when you can just like grab a tire and bring it home with you when you're working in the shop. But where I was going is I just hopped on Amazon and uh, they didn't have recon races. Someone had one for like $98 and I was like, no, no, I'm not paying $98 for a tire. Um, so I just bought the the Aspen because it was like 73 So I feel like Maxxis on their 2.4 wide trail tires in all of the kind of lower profile tread patterns, the Aspen, the recon race the recon as well and i feel like they not just make the tread wider obviously because they're putting it on a wider casing i feel like they also on that flavor of tire the 2.4 wide trail i feel like they make it just a tiny bit taller in the middle so it sounds like what you're saying is the entire not just the casing size not just the knob vault like uh, footprint but the entire volume of the knob is increased yeah, just a little bit. Just, just well, a little bit. Well, I mean, when bit. you go from 2.35 or 2.25 to 2.4, it is just a little bit to go to 2.4. Yeah, so. like they could stretch it out and leave it proportionally the same height, but that's not what they did. They stretched it out and they they made it just a teeny bit taller. No, I think when they made it pro- proportionally a little bit taller, because it's already so low, it feels a lot taller. That's my gut instinct. Maybe. I'm just going by how it looks. I don't know if I have anything. Oh, and then we skied today, so that's yeah, we cool. cross country skiing. We don't do the uh, downhill stuff. No, and uh, I wore the wrong socks, and my feet tried to blister. And if you are like, man, Matt talked about that last year. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> uh, I did the same. But thing. You ponied up, and we went to the local outdoor store, and you got some socks for skiing that have padding in those spots where yep. you were trying to blister. I did. I went. Uh, I mean. 
and, and maybe to back off on what I said, like I'm not against like shopping with local businesses. I'm just, you know, it's an hour round trip just to like if if I like drove to the town and like slapped a gas pump and drove home, it's an hour. So it, it's pretty. I mean, we chose to live here, but it's just not like when I lived in town where I was able to just walk down the street and just go grab something. It's a much more thought out thing. And when I don't work in town anymore, it's kind of even more like, okay, when I drive to town today, I have to try to squeeze in this ski session or squeeze in some single track and run seven other errands at once. So it can be a little bit tough. But yeah, there's just trade offs and living out in the boonies. Yeah, like I can actually see the stars at night and I don't hear cars driving by, which is pretty sick. Right. So, uh, with all that said, I skied today and it really hurt. And then I bought socks and I bought medicine and my insurance covered this medicine last time and they didn't this time. So it went up by a factor of 14, which was totally makes sense. But then the pharmacy applied their in-house discount card to it, and it went down. It went from $10 to $140 down to $35. It's just, it's magical what these discount cards can do. Sure. That's sarcasm. Um, Moving on, uh, what have you been doing, Andrea? I know that you rode your fat bike. I did. I rode my fat bike on Marshall Pass, which if you've heard the name Marshall Pass, if you were a bikepacking follower or bikepacker, yourself you may have heard that name because it is one of the passes in colorado that you do during tour divide in the winter time the local snowmobile club does groom it and it's really nice when i rode it had not been groomed within the past three days but it was still good though because it's been so cold that all of the snowmobile tracks had hardened up and frozen not frozen but just firmed crusted. up yeah they were just crusted over so i didn't sink down and I, it wasn't too bumpy or anything so it was really nice uh what else have i done i have figured out that i am suffering from acid reflux if you've noticed the past few shows that my voice sounds bad and i've said you know my voice is tired from working i've kind of figured out that it is this really terrible acid reflux and last night it was actually so bad that it got in my ears and gave me vertigo. So I am going to deal with that in the next few weeks. I'm going to go to the doctor and see what's causing it and just take some omeprazole until then. I took that today for the first time and it worked really well. So can't take it forever, but at least I'll be able to not have to lay down in bed with the room spinning around me in the near future, I if, hope. If you take omeprazole for very long periods of time it stops the uptake of i believe calcium and maybe one or two other essential nutrients and your bones get brittle so right as an right. old lady like yourself you shouldn't do that exactly and you know it's gonna it's gonna help me feel pretty good until my appointment on the 20th and then i get to figure out something that i can do going forward but if you notice that my voice sounds kind of weird it's because i've had stomach acid in my throat for the past Pretty bad for about the past five days. So, uh, yeah. In more fun news, yeah, the fat bike was awesome. I put a video on the Just Riding Along YouTube channel, Just Riding Along Outdoor Media, because if you go to Just Just Riding Along, it's some dude with a sir on. And so I think that person has had an uptick in subscribers because people look at it and they think it's Kenny. Who, Kenny's who like, is this now? 
there's a YouTube channel. It's whatever, youtube.com slash just riding along. And it's a guy's videos of him riding his Suron. Oh, that's weird. But no, that's not me. <laughs> so if you're looking for us on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash just riding along outdoor media because we are adding all sorts of outdoor media to that as we get the opportunity to, not just bikes or not just whatever. But like skiing. Yeah, so I took some video of us skiing today. Uh, but I did do some fat bike video uh, of my, well, of my setup on my fat bike. And yeah, I mean, I've had a few people ask, how do you stay warm? And it starts really with the bike. And I will do a follow-up video with clothing. I tried to do a follow-up video after my fat bike ride, and the wind was howling at probably 20 or 30 miles an hour in the parking lot, and a few people were pulling in and out in their cars. And yeah, it just it wasn't very good, so I talked to the camera for about two minutes and then decided to just scrap it, and I'll just have to do it another day. Also coming up on YouTube, we did a call for AMA questions, Ask Me Anything questions on... I guess it was day before yesterday. I'm not sure. A couple days ago. It doesn't matter. You guys are going to listen to this after the fact. And we had some pretty good ones. I actually meant it for Matt. AMA questions for Matt. For him to answer while he rides the trainer. But it ended up because I did the video. People asked more Andrea type questions. Ask me anything with a picture of Andrea. Probably means people are going to ask Andrea questions. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, with that said, yeah, I have a trainer ride tomorrow, so I might try to do some on the trainer, or I might just, I don't know, sit in the chicken yard and talk to a camera with the chickens behind me, kind of like I like to do. I do have a very sad chicken nugget for everyone. Amos, the rooster that I got into a fight with, he got into a fight with the hawk. There were feathers from one end of the yard to the other. So I'm pretty sure the hawk tried to get too close to the chicken coop once he had rounded all the hens up into the chicken coop. And I think he tried to go back out after the hawk because the feathers started close to the coop and then the hawk and Amos were on the other end of the chicken yard when I found them. So kind of sad. Luckily, I've got Boots, the rooster, as a backup. He is much nicer than Amos. Even though Amos was a jerk and he tried to spur me all the time, every time I go into the chicken yard, I'm still kind of sad and I feel bad that... She hated this chicken up until the moment he died. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) She's like, he's an asshole. He's an asshole. And now that he's dead, she's like, my little angel. (laughs) It's It's like that person you went to high school with that like really went off the rails and got into drugs and stuff. And then when they die, everybody's like, gone too soon. And we're like... You were cussing them up and down for not, like, paying you back that thousand bucks last week, so. Yeah, he was a jerk, but functionally as a rooster, he did a good job, but unfortunately, the netting that we got, that we put up over the chicken yard was not comprehensive enough, and as a result, the hawk was under the net, and Amos did what roosters do and went to fight the predator Just like how Leroy Jenkins went to fight a bear and succumbed to the bear. So, pretty sad. I do have part of Amos in the freezer now. Anyway, 
I don't know, Matt. Is that everything that I've had going on? I don't know. He's videoing me with his phone while we're talking. Yeah, of course I was. I'm making content. <laughs> Kenny, do you have any way of doing any photos or video while you ride your Suron so I can compete with the Just Riding Along channel <laughs> with Suron content? Yeah, I should probably do like some type of helmet, chest cam or whatever. I need to get a modern GoPro. Um, mine is, I mean, they're cool. I have maybe like a first or second generation session. And they were cool because they were yeah. tiny, but like it doesn't have any of the cool like stabilization stuff that actually makes right. it way more tolerable to watch. <laughs> so yeah, that's same um, same here. That's what I had, and I would get seasick trying to watch. Footage yeah, from it, yeah. So. Certain stuff is not bad. Like depending on what you're doing, it's not horrible. Like if you mount it to a car, for example, and you're like, you know, ripping around in a car, it's not too bad. But anything else, like on a bicycle, I imagine or a, a motorcycle, motorcycle, it would be terrible. I think on the road, it's pretty good. Because yeah, I definitely did some kind of road and smooth gravel road videos with it, but riding on the trail was really terrible. But yeah, I can do that. It'll be cool. Ripping up single track on that thing is insanely fun. Yeah, so you, you should send me something. It will be, oh, it'll be a, a minute. GoPro. It'll be a minute. Well, Because I need to know, get A, a GoPro, and B, it needs to be summertime again. Right. You can probably still purchase the... I, I think it was... It was eight or nine, whichever one is the number before what just came out like a month or two ago. You can get the previous version, which is what I have. You can get that one uh, on sale now if they're still in stock. I'll just get a 13 double black platinum or whatever it is these days. <laughs> of course. You had anything else going on? No, no, nothing too exciting for me. You I have this in? note. You want to jump into questions? Oh, actually, yeah, I, do well, have, I... I do have one thing. Hang on. So this is not like super awesome or riding related or cool story or adventure. But for those people out there in listener land or anybody who knows other people, we are actively hiring at Hangar 15 Bicycles. So if yourself, um, you want a change of pace or somebody that you know, let me know. So call me you at all... the uh, call me at the Draper store. You can look up the number and all that kind of stuff, um, or I'm sure you can send a message to Just Riding Along in some no. fashion. It will find its way to me. But yeah, essentially just call. Look, if you don't know how to find Kenny, if you by using the internet, you, you don't need to Google work at a bike shop. the Draper location and find Kenny when you want a job. You probably aren't smart enough to show up to work. There you so, go. So that's no. that's first. No. That's going to be the first uh, filter there. Uh, is is finding me at Hangar 15 Bicycles at the Draper store. So anyway, we are looking for people, and we're looking for like high-level people. So we are growing all the time. We're six stores. Um, we do a lot of business. We got four of the five major brands. Like We don't dick around, um, but it's real work. Like You're not going to be here to like you know take Instagram pictures if you're working on bikes in the back. Like You're going to fucking work. So just realize <laughs> that. Um, yeah, it's do you not, all pay for relocation? Uh, we can, depending on the circumstances and everything. So, and and we're open to a lot of things. We have um, semi-subsidized company housing because we own a property next door to us, and it still has two existing houses on it. And we currently have a bunch of employees that live there. So, if that's an issue, um, let me know, and that can help out a lot of people for sure. Because um, you know, housing is difficult slash expensive. It's not terrible in Utah for sure in Salt Lake, but you know. It, it, it's not cheap. 
Um, it's not Memphis. Are you yeah. willing well, to say like expensive. what? Are you willing to say what the pay would be? Or absolutely, I mean, I mean it's gonna to. no, it'll vary wildly depending on your experience. So imagine this: if you are, for example, in a semi-high volume shop, a current service manager, and you want a service manager type role with possibly, you know, other responsibilities depending on how little, um, how much or how little you want to do, that's an option. But yeah, I mean, we're anybody with any sort of experience who works in a real bike shop, who's worked there for a number of years, who is an adult will not make less than $20 an hour. Nice. So we can pay real money and, and it goes all the way up. Like we have even operational level stuff. Um, so yeah, we're, we're growing and looking for good people and that's the deal. That's always good. You know, it's the law now in Colorado. If you post a job, you have to post the income or whatever the pay range and i feel like that's really making companies have to uh i don't know kind of step up and actually pay people for sure so i have a note in my stuff from last week that just says kenny bottles and i don't remember what that was for <laughs> oh yeah that we were talking weird. after the show last time and i think we were i don't even know how we got into the discussion but it got into brands of water bottles or something like that. Oh, yes. But Tell me how much you love Camelback bottles. <laughs> yeah, there's so me, bad. Kenny. Well, I own, I bought a few of them like five years ago or something and somehow stumbled upon more. I think we got some with like nice Hangar 15 logos on them, um, you know, through Camelback. So I got some of those recently thinking that they'd be good because they look so nice. And I also got some way back when in Memphis. And then I also got a couple with either hydration packs or fanny packs or something. So I've got a bunch of the Camelback bottles kicking around. Just throw them away. Yeah. So not only do you like choke on parts that kill you, um, <laughs> because there was a recall about that. But anyway, the issue is they really have one purpose, and that is containing the water inside them until you're ready to have the water in your mouth. And they don't do that. So every time I drive with one of those, like on my passenger seat, because inevitably I'm like getting all my shit together and throwing it all in the car and, you know, like shoes and camelback and helmet and stuff kind of go like on the front floor seat or whatever you want to call it. The front seat floor. There you go. So what I'm looking for. And I'll like throw the water bottles in my seat, in my passenger seat face up, like just normal. They just sit there. It's fine. And I'll be like driving up the mountain and they're just shooting water everywhere. And I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> just like the pressure change, they just shoot water everywhere. And inevitably, like it's going to be cannons. it's going to be like a mixed drink too. So now I've got like sugary water on my seat. You got like vodka Izzy all over your seat. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, I don't know why their bottles cannot contain water, but they have a hard time with that. They and have one that's closable. Oh, this one's Is got. It? They've got freaking locks on this thing. Like it's got a safety right. on it, and I've got it fully <laughs> closed, and I've got safety on. And it shoots water everywhere. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, and with that, I think uh, that's a great segue because one of the things that I think we want, not I think, one of the things we're going to get going in the not too distant future is water bottles. They won't be made by Camelback. They'll be, look. Sorry, Tom Purvis, who said maybe if it's a podium bottle. Yeah. Right? I'm kind of sorry, Tom, but here's the thing. This is something that we bring up a lot 
everyone wants to hate on the Big Red S, but there's some things that they make that are just absolutely amazing. Z cages. Specialized Z cage. Hands down, best side exit cage on the market. Best cage in general. I I wouldn't even... It is a side exit cage, but that's besides the point. It is the best bottle cage on the market. Okay. Epic. Probably one of the lightest 100-100 full suspension bikes on the market. Um, and don't don't just, at me. Just, just go ahead don't and at me some Italian brand. And my point is, is they make the best water bottles on the planet. I, I mean, I, th- I think you'd have to be, after working with Specialized for a while, and especially their modern stuff, you're going to think I'm a shrill. But I think everyone here realizes that we're very honest about things. And when stuff is bad, like we're just going to tell you about it. The vast majority of everything that Specialized makes just works and is really freaking good. And they generally stand behind it. So like, hey, I'm not saying it's not the might not be the coolest, latest, greatest or whatever it might be or have a high pivot with a derailleur on the inside or something like that. But their stuff just works and it's really freaking good. If you're ever in doubt. Just go buy something specialized. You're probably not going to be disappointed with it. Um, you might not be cooler than the guy next to you at the trailhead, but your bike's probably going to work. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. I don't think people are going to like if you have some cool paint job, maybe on like you know your tarmac. People aren't going to be like, oh my god, a tarmac, but your bike's just going to work. You know. Let's see. Andrea's pulling some stuff up, so I have one written down called the anti commercialization of racing which is something that with the rise of the what is it called the lifetime grand prix yeah something like that just i would say over the last i don't know if it's maybe the the circles that i found myself following on social media or just what but it seems like there's been this it's cool to be and i guess it's always been cool to be counterculture but now it seems like within cycling being anti-racing races by big companies is really cool. So if Lifetime is involved, oh, oh my God, I just, uh, I'm going to race a race that actually, you don't have a lottery to get in. Fucking don't do it then. But you don't have to make a display about not doing it. I've said before, I don't want to race Leadville again. But it wasn't because of a lottery. It wasn't because it's, I mean, part of it is because it's $400. But also, like, there was 2,000 people there and it just wasn't that fun. So, like, don't do it. I'm not going to do it again, probably. I might do it again. I feel like I have unfinished business with that race. But my point is, throwing a fit to say how cool you are, that you're not doing an event, isn't really that cool. Yeah, again, yeah. You, you have the ability to just not do a lifetime event. It's real easy. Or you could just do them because it's, you know, probably going to be a decent time and probably going to be decently organized and probably be a decent venue. So... Or you could not do that, just like you could not buy a Specialized and buy something that's going to (laughs) break. Speaking of Specialized breaking, remember we talked last week about the, I guess, vertical side-loading issue with the stump jumper Mm -hmm. and coil shocks? We did have a listener. We had Kurt message us and say that he has cracked two. Hold on, let me pull the message up. He's personally cracked two Fox DHX2 shocks within a year on a stump jumper Evo before switching to air. Both cracked at the frame end eyelet. Yes, and that's a known issue. I mean, they had, yeah, it's just they don't like coil shocks. It's just a very long distance between those two points. And if you look at a Fox DHX2, as much as I like Fox stuff, it's not like 
anybody's fault in particular. It's just that that Fox stanchion, if you look at it compared to most other coils, that stanchion is tiny. And yeah, you'll break them. So I think that's a combo. That's a combo issue of just a specialized design that doesn't is not happy with a lot. Some coils. How about that? Because yeah. um, Rock Shocks, we've asked them about it. Rock Shocks says, "Yeah, go for it. It's fine." So yeah, Fox making a little bit skinny stanchion shock, and then having a design that's got a whole lot of linkage in there, essentially. Right. What else do we need to cover? Let's talk about winter training first off. Uh, I think everyone, just from looking at our Instagram account, knows that Matt and I have been using Trainer Road. I did do the Zwift free trial, and I don't know, go back and listen to the episode where we talked about that. I don't want to go over it again. I did go to Trainer Road. I just really like their platform, and they have added a new feature since last winter called Adaptive Training, which basically they look at how you're you get after each workout you rate it on a scale of i think it's one to five or one to ten i don't know yeah you give it a number rating based on how hard it was and they look at how you did the workout how you rated it and then they will adapt future workouts to be easier or harder based on how you did on that workout so it's really cool. It's just like another level. And I love this about Trainer Road. They did not, you know, as Zwift is getting more popular with the people who like Zwift, they aren't trying to be Zwift. They're not trying to be more of a social platform. They did add, I think, at least last winter, a new feature was like a group ride feature. You could contact people that you know and make a group workout. And everyone does this workout at the same time, but it's definitely not like you're riding around a simulated computer environment sort of thing. It's just more like a spin class. So I think it's really cool that they're doing that. They're just doing more of what they're good at and not trying to be like the other people. And I really respect them for that. And I just really like the platform. Unfortunately, I do not have any referral codes to give out like I have in the past. but. I gave all those away and haven't gotten any more. But I should give it a try. I, wish... I tried RGT or whatever the other one is, and it was decent at the time. I should try it again. The KGB. Yeah, that's <laughs> they the just one. let a bear loose in your training room, and the only way you can subdue it is pedal hard enough to shock it with the electrodes hooked up to it. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, bear trained you. <laughs> that was a very sudden rabbit hole. Look, my brain is very imaginative, okay? Uh, if you don't do the trainer, which I know a lot of people do. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. That that goes like the same people that Matt was complaining about that complain about, I, I don't want to do such and such race because it's popular. I want to do underground stuff or whatever. It seems like that's the same group of people that's like, trainer miles don't count. Oh, you ride the trainer? That's fake riding. That doesn't count. Blah, blah, blah. Trainers don't count. Okay, so if you're one of those people and you want to ride outdoors every single ride that you do, even if it's whatever it was here last Friday, 12 degrees outside with the wind blowing 30 miles an hour, we're going to talk about winter clothes. Kenny, 
I know, I think out of all of us, you might ride the least in the winter, which is not a slam on you. You just have other stuff that you like to do in the wintertime. What do you ride when it is, what, at the coldest temperatures that Kenny rides in, what do you wear? And what is the temperature? I would say, like, truly in years past, when I was more serious about training and racing and all that stuff, I rode a ridiculous amount in the wintertime. Like, I rode a ton, a ton in the wintertime. I don't know. And that was tough in Memphis because it was so humid. Yeah, I don't have any, I never had any major issues. I don't have like major um, hand circulation issues. I know a lot of people struggle with that, so I don't have great advice there. Like, don't get me wrong, like my hands get cold, but um, some people have like major issues with that. So for the most part, I, in Memphis, if it were, say, all the way down to probably upper 40s i would just wear normal shorts and short sleeve like maybe have a vest in there or maybe have like a windbreaker just in case but that's pretty much it i would just ride like normal and then in the 40s i would still usually wear shorts um, but i would just wear a long sleeve jersey like nothing nothing fancy Um, i would probably start to wear shoe covers at that point um, when shoe covers nothing were on your knees more of a thing nope nothing on my knees and then when it got into the 30s i would wear proper like nice insulated bibs and that worked really good for me and i would also then slap on some proper insulated um, spd shoes so the shimano ones in particular are the ones that i still own and those things are amazing um, i waited a while to buy those and then i used them solidly for probably three seasons and that was one of the best purchases I ever made. It is unbelievable how insulated they are and not having shoe covers that all, you know, dick around and, and get ripped up and fall off and all that stuff. Having proper insulated shoes is amazing. And then down into like the 20s, I would just wear nice thick socks with that. Yeah. Other than that, layering up, like just basic outdoorsy stuff, like have tons of layers available so you can like pick and choose what you're doing. But high quality insulated bibs were a game changer for me. Everything else is like normal outside jacket and glove stuff. And then as far as gloves go, again, I don't have circulation issues, but I would wear summer gloves down to like 50. And then in the 40s, I had some midweight gloves. And then 30s, I would would typically wear my thickest cycling specific ones. And then in the 20s, I would wear like snowboard, um, like actual skiing snowboard proper winter gloves which sucks i mean it's no fun because you like lose all control but at that point it's the only thing that'll keep you warm but that's my that was my regiment it worked great for me um i didn't do anything complicated or fancy my big takeaways are proper insulated spd shoes down into like the 30s and possibly like the low 40s for some people is they're amazing I, I really wear a lot more clothes than Kenny. I'm just going to lay that out right <laughs> Matt's now. Matt's on the other end of the spectrum, and I think I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle, but a little closer to Matt than Kenny. I'm not going to go as detailed as Kenny, but I am going to flip things around just a little bit. I believe everything gets... How do I word this the best way? I insulate from the core outwards, so as it gets colder, you're going to see... Let's say it's just a cooler day. I'm going to wear a sleeveless base layer underneath. Cooler is in like low 60s. But again, this is Colorado now where I could be coasting at 35 miles an hour to leave my house. So, you know, like I might wear like a sleeveless base layer under my jersey. And then as we approach like the bottom of the 60s, I don't know. 
as we approach the bottom of the 60s, I'm probably going to add something along the lines of a arm warmers, but still normal gloves. Then knee warmers too. Um, I get cold pretty easily. At 50, I'm probably going to wear tights. But your insides when, are real close to the outside. Yeah, exactly. Um, at, at 50s, I'm probably going to wear real tights and long sleeve jersey. Uh, wear an insulated, or not an insulated, but a wind-breaking waterproof jacket for descending. And then as we touch 40, I'm going to cover my shoes. As we go to fat biking, though, I agree with Kenny on uh, insulated shoes and the loss of control. So for the fat bike, I did. And this really started when I was Oh, sorry. I, was... I, I totally forgot, um, especially on the road bike. Other absolute game changer is, again, road bike for sure. I ran the bar mitts pogies. Mm-hmm. And those are unreal because I could just wear my summer gloves underneath down to like 30 degrees and it was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's where the fat bike, like I, I got my shoes. Sorry, let me back up a little bit. I got nice uh, old man winter Bontrager boots when I was in Denver just for commuting. It might be kind of slushy outside and I wouldn't need to worry about waterproof or cold or anything. Just I'm wearing normal socks like I was at work. I jam my feet in my shoes, zip them up, ride home. You know, it was easy peasy, beautiful cover girl. I don't think that's the easy, <laughs> easy breezy. breezy. Oh, no, easy, cozy, warm, old man winter boots. That's the sure. that's the saying. Um, and then when we talk about hands on the mountain bike, I probably wouldn't run pogies unless I was riding my mountain bike as a gravel bike. But the fat bike, you're going so slow, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, I don't think you're going to be in those situations where you really want to put a hand out. You know, if you lose your front wheel in the snow, you're going to fall at like eight miles an hour and just crash on your shoulder, probably. Um, I don't, I'm not too concerned. But even I find with pogies, and I have really cheap pogies, I'll probably get nicer ones in the future. But I have really cheap ones right now. They were like $30 on Amazon. I couldn't find them. I was going to send a link to a friend the other day, and the same ones don't exist anymore, so I can't drop the name here for you. But at like 20 degrees, I can wear just a... Oh, gosh. Like a jersey knit? Yeah, there's these... I will plug this Running gloves? Yeah, there's this product. uh, The brand is High Loons. And they're the best jersey-type glove I've ever worn. They're really thin, but they're extremely fitted. So the the bar feel is still really nice. And they're actually thin enough that I feel that the the liners that came with my outdoor research, um, I don't know what they call them. It's like a lobster mitten, sort of. I think you would call it like a trigger mitten because you have your... Your thumb and then your index finger or a trigger finger is free, and then your other three fingers are together. Um, The liner that came with those was pretty bad, and these are thin enough to use as a liner under those gloves. And I really like them for a day like today where I went skiing or a day like I go fat biking. I'll wear them as just those. And what I'll find is, like, if I'm climbing or something like that, you know, if, if it's going to be hard the whole time, I would probably get away with just those. But in an instance where I'm going to descend, I might swap out for, like, a 40-degree glove, you know, like something you could ride on the road at 40 degrees in. 
I would put that inside the pogey, and it's really great. For me, I'm, I'm much different than Kenny. Like, I would never go. I would never go from insulated shorts to shoe covers, leaving that skin in between exposed. I'm gonna build from the core outward, so I'm gonna have on tights before I have on shoe covers, and that's just me. All right. So for me, I have. I don't get as cold as Matt does, but I do have circulation problems with my hands. Sometimes with my feet, not as bad with my feet, but mainly my hands. And it usually comes with doing a very hard effort where my body is diverting blood flow to my legs. And then I turn around and I you know, work up a little bit of a sweat and then turn around and go back downhill you know, the other side of the mountain, back the way I came, whatever it is, I will lose all of the circulation in, it's not always all of my fingers, but several of my fingers will just turn stark white. Just really bad. And I know a lot of, it's it's something that's more common in women, Raynaud's disease, and I deal with that every winter, sometimes during the summer, depending on the weather, if I get caught in a thunderstorm or something. So I have to deal with that, and sometimes it's kind of unavoidable. So most of the time in the winter, I have somewhere on my bike or in a pocket chemical heat packs. And if it's cold enough, I will normally have pogies on my bike. I use the Wolf Tooth single track pogies, and you can fold those down so they're not as tall. Sorry, Brandon. Brandon gifted me those once. (laughs) <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like I'm going to have to go home and give these to Andrea because her hands get colder than mine and he's like you got to do what you got to do man <laughs> well I've given them a lot of mileage and they've held up great and I really like those because you can fold them down so it is easier to get your hand in and out of them which is why they call them the single track pogey you can ride them on single track and not worry about your hand being stuck inside of something If you're extra cold, like when you're going to descend, you can flip that part up and zip the side up and you have more coverage over your hands. They are definitely not as insulated as some of the other offerings out there from, say, 45 North or even bar mitts. They have a little less insulation than that, but really for me, I carry so many pairs of gloves with me because... For one, with my hand circulation thing, I usually carry mittens just uh, just in case of emergency because that's one of the things. If I can have my fingers together, the fingers that aren't losing circulation can warm up the ones that are losing circulation. And the mittens are just extra insulated, extra warm. So in that situation, I would put a chemical heat pack inside of my mitten. Then I would put my hand inside of the single track pogey. And most of the time that will at least keep me comfortable enough that I can get someplace warm and warm up my entire body. So that's kind of my, I don't know, I guess, very specific thing that I do. So I like to carry a pair of gloves that I climb in that can get sweaty. And then I'll have a pair of slightly thicker gloves that I wear if I'm not climbing. And then the mittens are kind of in case of emergency. So yeah, in the wintertime when it's cold, if I if it's, you know, say in the teens, single digits, low 20s, I carry three pairs of gloves with me. And other than that, I feel like I've talked a lot and 
I'm just going to wait and put it in the uh, YouTube video that I make. Just about all of the other layers I, I do. Because I feel like Matt and Kenny have really covered kind of the cold-natured person and the warm-natured person. And most people are going to fall in the middle, which is where I fall, other than my hands. So if you don't want to watch a video, go somewhere between what Matt and Kenny do. And if you do want to watch the video, it'll be out sometime in the next week or two. I will add one more thing. One of my quirks is with gloves, even though I don't, I'm not necessarily cold natured. Like I don't have a too much of a problem keeping my hands warm for the most part, but I will, especially mountain biking, just cause it'll vary so much like the, you know, being so cold when you start. And then depending on the trail, you could be descending out of the gate. Usually you're climbing. Um, but I'll always carry, um, an extra pair of gloves with me of a different weight because I will change gloves more than anything. I usually don't mess with a lot of layers that much. I'm usually pretty tolerant of being a little bit too warm or a little bit too cold, but my hands and also just for control reasons and all that kind of stuff. Basically, I always try to run the lightest weight glove I can possibly get away with just because I hate the lack of control you get from thicker gloves. Yeah. If it's summertime, I'm climbing with my fingers out. Like I climb barehanded for sure. I, I don't wear gloves in the summer until I descend. I always wear long finger gloves in the summer. Now Andrew's like, I sweat a lot and I'm like I'd wear <laughs> I'd wear full finger gloves. Yeah. If uh if it were hundred and twenty degrees outside, I'd be wearing full finger gloves for sure. Yeah. I just I sweat so much I need to be able to use my glove to wipe sweat off of my eyes and stuff. So I I always have gloves on. Uh, Kenny, we had a question, unless you guys have anything else to say about winter clothing. Nope, I'm done. Okay. We had a question geared towards you on Instagram from Bad Idea Rides. Wants to know, what are Kenny's top favorite Park City trails that are not Deer Valley? Ooh, I've got a great loop for you. Depends on what you want, right? Because Park City's got a little bit of everything. It's got some of that, like... Um, this town has everything. <laughs> I mean, for real, it does. It Nothing is going to be unbelievably easy. Like, you're going to be climbing. So just get that out of the way. Hopefully, you understand that going to Park City. Well, their Instagram is Bad Idea Rides, so I think they yeah. look for the attrition. Okay, good, good. I'm going to forget some trail names here because I'm pretty bad about that. Generally speaking... If you want to do Park City and not Deer Valley. Now, I don't know why you like wouldn't want to do Deer Valley. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you did a lift day there and you want to do more Park City stuff. In general, for those that might not know, Park City does not have as much lift run access stuff as Deer Valley. Deer Valley is turning into more of that like destination resort place that's got like big gnarly downhill runs and like more manicured jumps and that kind of stuff, which is cool. Like it's a lot of fun. It's just different. If you want to do more of a a day where you might not see quite as many people, also, you need to make the realization that you're going to see quite a few people no matter what now. Park City is not this like unused system anymore. Even just the amount of time that I've been here, which is, we'll call it five years, it is unbelievable how much busier it's gotten. Like, it's insane. It's at least doubled from when I moved here in 2017, something like that. So keep that in mind. With all that stuff said, I almost always start from the Park City, the PCMR, Park City Mountain Resort. I start in that parking lot, 
And then from there, you can take uh, either Jenny's or Armstrong up. Jenny's is like a little bit more straight up the gut, a little bit to the left. And then Armstrong goes to the right and kind of eventually works his way over to the Canyons Resort. So also for those people that don't know, I, I'm going to say right and left here. Like if you're facing the mountains from like proper side, Canyons is on your right. That'll be the first thing you get to in town. And then in the middle, you've got PCMR. And then on the left, you've got Deer Valley. So from PCMR, the cool part is you can start riding over towards the canyon, which is not Canyons Resort, which is not as maintained, a little bit more, um, not as modern of trails, I'll say. Uh, they don't maybe don't flow quite as well. Maybe they've got a little bit of uh, overgrown trees, that kind of stuff. And then if you work your way left over to Deer Valley, you're going to get into the more manicured stuff. So I guess maybe if they want to respond with what they're looking for, if you want to do the super gnar chunk, scare the shit out of you stuff, there's plenty of that. That's like unmarked trail. That's basically straight down the gut. That'll like go down. It'll either follow like a lift or something like that. And they are all you can eat. Ridiculous, crazy stuff that I would take not her to ride. the buffet. It is. Yeah. yeah like you yeah. could, you could die kind of thing as, as levi would say take her to the buffet and let her eat yeah yeah not quite my jam i like some gnar stuff but this is you know, again there's plenty of people way more talented and ballsy than i am and the stuff that they i've definitely ridden small parts of these and yeah they're it's gnarly so if you want it they're there they're going to be really short though so you're going to have to kind of like you'd have to do a lot of work to do a little you know one or two minute sketchy session. But if you want to do like a long link up ride, my favorite route, that's like a little bit of just climbing cross country stuff with some fun descending, some tech stuff, a few jumps, you start at PCMR, you're going to go up Armstrong, which is a very popular climb. And then you're going to work your way to the right. You basically take Armstrong all the way up and you work your way to the right over towards canyons. And then you can go ride the Dropkick Trail, which is technically closed, but it's an old jump flow trail from like 10 years ago, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and that, that whole loop is just really good because it's just good climbing, some good descending, and then ways to descend from there. It's actually kind of more of a canyons area. Uh, oh, the other part is, I'm sorry, you ride Armstrong up to Mid-Mountain, and you're going to take Mid-Mountain all the way over to canyons. And that Mid-Mountain section is really fun because it's just really rocky, like slate rocks, some tech stuff, some faster stuff that's just going to jar the shit out of you. Every time I ride that trail, I could be on like a 170, 170 enduro, and I would be like, something's wrong with my suspension. Like it's not dialed right. It's just that, <laughs> it's just that jarring. Like no matter what you do, you kind of just can't get away from it, but it's a lot of fun. Um, definitely after a little while, you're, you're kind of done with it, but it's super fun. Uh, anyway, and then you work your way over to that dropkick trail and then descending, you could do like insurgent or the other one is called, can't remember now. It's like a single Wait. black. I think insurgent is a double black if I remember right. And then, yeah, I, I dislocated a shoulder on insurgent once that was, uh, not, not a super good time, but it's a pretty cool trail. Just know that it's got some, uh, some Rudy shoots in it. And uh, when it's really powdery, it'll get like six inch deep powder in it in the summer. And it's really sketchy. Wait, can you ride the insurgent trail if you're not riding an insurgent bike? No, you cannot. Man, do they like rent them at the top and then like shuttle them back up for it? Like, how does that work? 
<laughs> they're just at the trailhead. You just pick them up and then drop it off at the bottom. Oh, cool. So right. Insurgent's good, but there's another one. Maybe it's called like Ricochet or something like that, but it's you can see it on the trail map. It's like a single black, and it's a lot of fun. It's just fast. So that's a really cool loop, and that'll be – that's a long one. I want to say that one is in like the three-hour ballpark. Uh, really good, good uh, loop. What else is good in Park City? There's a lot of other good small stuff in Park City. But yeah, send, you can send me send me a message if you want. You know, tell me more about the type of riding you like to do. There's a couple things I wouldn't recommend in Park City. Uh, one of the downhills that's kind of in the middle, that's closer to the bottom, that's like somehow popular, is horrible. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it now. It starts with an S, I think. Uh, not Sidewinder, but well, Shitbox. Anyway. Yeah, Shitbox. We'll call it Shitbox. That one's just not that great. But yeah, there's plenty of other really good stuff. There's another really fun one. I think the top of TMG maybe is really fun. It's got some cool rock sections where it's like, I don't know what to call it. It's like big rock formation that's like kind of jagged and it's off camber, but it has tons of traction and you just rip down it. That's That one's super fun. But there's a lot of good gems. Park City, you're, you'll find there's a lot of stuff that's not even on trail maps. And there's just a lot of cool little hidden gems in there. Um, but you may have to do some not super cool stuff to ride one little cool thing. But yeah, there's there's plenty. Cool cool place for sure. That whole area is just a lot of fun. Uh, Where should they send you a message? Canyons and Park City and, and Deer Valley, honestly. One of the more fun things to do really is do an early season run at Deer Valley because the lifts aren't running and it's not going to be super busy. And usually the trails are in pretty good shape year round. I say year round, like when there's not snow on them, but they will be like a month before they're officially opened. And you, I mean, you don't get in trouble or anything. It's just like, if you want to pedal your ass up there, no one's going to stop you from riding down one of those trails. Kind of like how you can, um, you can put skins on your skis and just like go up ski runs at pay to ski resorts and they don't care or do anything about it. Same idea there, and that's a lot of fun is doing all those cool downhill flow trails that are usually packed in the summertime. You can just do those uh, in the opening part of the season. So we do that usually every year. And they don't have the gigantic brake bumps in them like they will mid and late season. <laughs> Sometimes they do. You'll find some trails that are horrific and they haven't done trail maintenance on them for the year yet. But most of the time, it's almost amazing. I feel like a lot of the trails almost get better after the snow melts off and everything, like they almost naturally heal up. It's incredible. Yep. Where should this person message you if they would like to contact you for more details? That is a great question. Uh, I don't really have, I don't think I have a new JRA email. So No, that costs an extra $12. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So just, <laughs> just send one. Matt and Andrea can tell you. It'll find its way to me. Um, okay. Or I can just answer it live on the show or whatever. But they have an email I'm sure that you can use. Yeah, or just Instagram. That's how they contacted me in the first place. Gotcha. All right. Um, last thing to wrap us up before we go. I have a correction to make. Affordable Trail Solutions and Caleb, superfan Caleb, brought this up. When I said that the Waltons are no longer funding long trail maintenance through IMBA trail care crews, that was technically correct. But the Waltons are funding some maintenance, not as much, but some maintenance through other uh, trail building companies besides 
IMBA. So they're paying private companies instead of getting IMBA trail care crews. And they are doing some maintenance to the other trails that are outside of the northwest Arkansas area. So just a correction there on that. Yeah, I don't know shit about shit. I can All tell right. you my Fox Ranger pants are really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing them, so that's actually not a true statement. These are uh, these are made by Vans, the shoe company. Yeah, you haven't worn your Fox Ranger pants in a couple of days. You know they're pretty uh they're pretty thin and it is pretty cold. So right. Okay. Well, if that's all we got, gonna wrap it up. You ready to shut it down, Kenny? Shut it down. Dear God, yes. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. 